It's so good to see you here with us again today for Church in the Wild Part 2. Man, it's a season where all of us are learning new normals, right? We're, we're le- learning what it's like to work from home. We're learning new grocery shopping hours. We're learning third grade math. Okay, maybe that's just me that's learning third grade math. Some of you are learning to cook right? Your families are having to endure that. And so we just want to pray right now for all those that are enduring new cooks in the house and learning how to eat at home and not eat fast food all the time. It's probably good for us. But uh, anyway, it's a, it's a new season. It's also a season in which we're having to endure some losses, like very real losses. Maybe the extent of your loss in this season has been the loss of your social life. Maybe just some uh, minor entitlements. Some of you feel a loss, a sense of purpose, because you're not going into work. A loss of community, because you're not connecting with those coworkers. Maybe the loss you're experiencing is very severe financial uh, downturn in your business or in your home, and you don't know where the next meal is going to come from. I, I just want you to know it's okay to feel those in this season. You don't have to have some false sense of faith where like everything's perfect and I'm full of faith all the time because Jesus, God sent his son Jesus here and he was considered a man of sorrows. He, he experienced great loss and pain in his life and I want you to know he meets you in your loss today, but he, I, I believe out of this crazy season of loss and new normals that God wants to give us something too. He wants to give us more than what the enemy takes from us. I believe in the chaos of trying to figure out your home in this new normal. God is going to bring some um, community to you. He's going to bring some connection and what uh, could be a time of isolation and separation can be a great season of encouragement and connection and your relationships actually get stronger. Your faith actually gets stronger. Your marriage actually gets stronger through this somehow as we're spending this time together. And so that's my prayer for you in this season is don't don't glaze over the pain, but don't sit in it forever either, just knowing that God wants to lift our heads and, and he's got a lot he wants to give us in this season. And I just believe God's doing a divine reversal in the body of Christ in these coming weeks as we settle into this season, however long it might last. God's got good things for us. And, and that's really what I want to share today out of uh, the Word of God, out of Romans chapter 8. We're going to go, and I, I just want to teach a, a, a message really entitled, you know, Never Separated never separated. Out of Romans 8, where it talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters in all the scriptures, but I got to be honest, it's one of the most theologically rich chapters in all the Bible. So for me, it's kind of tough to teach it in the time we have here today. So I'm going to do my best. I want to skip all the way down to verses 35 through 39. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. And we're actually going to back up as we go and then kind of work our way back down, if that makes sense. So you can follow along on the notes uh, there in your uh, live stream page there. Feel free to follow along. So uh, beginning Romans 8, uh, verses 35 through 39, says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Man, as Paul is talking about something completely different for evangelists in that time, but I'm thinking about our healthcare workers. I'm thinking about our grocery workers who feel like they're facing death and this virus head on, and we are thinking and praying for you and so thankful for everyone who is on the front lines of fighting this on our, on our behalf today. 
uh, continues, uh, no, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither, li- neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. What hope we have today in this season of separation. I know many of us, we're going through all kinds of separation anxiety. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I think there's a lot of things in this text that leads up to this moment where Paul shares this that I want to go back and reflect on together. And one of those things has to do with suffering. That suffering doesn't separate us from the love of God, but rather that it it transforms us. I want to read going back to verses 17 and 18. Romans chapter 8, same chapter, just a few verses earlier. Romans 8, 17 and 18 says, Now if we are children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And I consider that our present sufferings, like whatever that might look like for you and me right now, they're not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Okay, I want to play a little game. It's like a game of association. So I'm going to say a word, and then I want you to say, right where you're at, I want you to say the word that is associated with that. So, all right, you ready? Um, Let's start out easy. Peanut butter and, right, um, uh, bacon and, right, eggs. Uh, Fish and chips, right? Um, What about sunny and... Share. That's we're talking about. Share. If the people in your room don't know about that, just say forget about it. It's an old people joke. Um, what about this one? Salad and uh, rat. If you weren't sure about that, it's rabbits. Sa- salad and rabbits because salad is is for rabbits. Come on. Uh, the other day, my six year old. Um, anytime I make a, a lame joke, he says, uh, "Subscribe here for more dad jokes." <laughs> and so, subscribe here for more dad jokes. So, I mean, wh- what do you expect? My dad was a butcher growing up, and so my veins uh, flow with a, a nice medium rare. So uh, we'll let that go. But if we're looking at this text, what it's actually saying to us, if we do the word association game, what is associated with suffering? It's glory. That if we're going to share in Christ's glory, we've got to also share in his sufferings. And so suffering is common to mankind. Like there is nobody, because of the fall of man, all of us suffer. Every single human. But the thing that makes it different for sons and daughters out there, and I I know that everyone's probably not a believer that's watching this, but for sons and daughters that are watching this, what's different for us is that in God's order, none of our suffering is wasted. That he uses it for for our good and he transforms it into something beautiful. We're going to read a text in just a few moments that says God is working all things for the good of those who love him. And God does that in our life. And so this suffering is normal for humanity and it's normal for you and I. And and maybe you came up in a faith that said, you know, Christians don't suffer. And and no, no, we just got to have more faith and then we won't suffer. But the reality is that we're going to suffer. But the good news is that it really pales in comparison for what is to come and what God has in store for us. Paul in another place, 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, he says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this 
all surpassing power is from God. It's not from us. Here's what he says. We are hard pressed on every side. Maybe the walls are closing on you. But what he says is, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. Come on, how many times this week have you been perplexed? And like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know who to believe. But he says, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. He'll go on to say later in 2 Corinthians 4 that our light and momentary troubles, what they're doing for us is they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. It's far greater than any other struggle that we're going through right now. And I know that's difficult. I'm not bringing this scripture to make light of any of our suffering, but come on, I just want you to know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And and suffering in the season doesn't separate you from the love of God. It actually is going to transform you and and bring uh, uh, his glory in your life. And I want to talk about that here in just a moment. So I would just tell you in the season, you know, feel the pain. Paul, Paul actually goes on and he says that it's outweighing them all in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, so we fix our eyes not on what's seen, but what is unseen since what is temporary, um, since that is what is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so for those here today that, that are going through suffering and feel separated from the love of God, just know that God is, is wanting to transform you in, in just deep ways in this season. So feel the pain, let out the tear, but then fix our eyes on Jesus and let out praise. Let out praise because he is good and what um, he has in store for us, what Paul says in that Romans uh, 8 passage is that it outweighs, or in the Corinthians passage, it outweighs what it is uh, this temporary struggles. He calls it future glory that will be revealed. It's future glory. Glory is a difficult concept to understand. Uh, to, to, to understand glory, it really is the weight of who God is, like the, the all-surpassing power of who God is, like that we can't even get barely a glimpse of. Like maybe in your lifetime, you've had a, just a moment in which you're just in awe of God, of his power, of his splendor, maybe in a sunset, maybe in a worship service, you've been overwhelmed and overcome by his love for you. And, and I would say that's just... A snapshot, like a like a split second glimpse of his glory. His glory is all the weight of who God is. And, and Paul is saying, hey, what we're going through right now is it's just like a moment. Like we can't even imagine the glory that he has for us in store. But he says future glory, and it kind of means something a little bit different when we talk about future glory. Because if we think about the promises that God, it's like everything that God has promised us, everything in the scripture, all those promises, they're just going to be revealed in a moment, in an instant. They're stored up for us. And so when we think about the future promises that are, you know, uh, in store for us, maybe the thing that there's some images that'll come to your brain, like, you know, pearly gates or, or streets of gold or something like that. And those are images, but they're very incomplete. They're very insufficient to process and understand the weight of the future glory that God has in store for us. And rather, I think more full expressions of that would be to consider our existence, to consider our life in a new heaven and new earth, to to consider our life with freedom from sin, a freedom from bodies that are decaying, a freedom from just suffering. That's what God has in store for us. And so we can hold out hope in this season. And can I just also mention, like I know we're going through a lot. I know this is not ideal to be having online church like this. We'd like to be in person, but 
hey, there's brothers and sisters all over the world in Christ who, man, they've been in the underground church for a long time. They don't even have online church. They can't share it on Facebook. And so I don't say that to make light of any suffering, but just to put some things in perspective because they are light and momentary troubles that we're facing and God has an eternal glory for us. And if we'll allow him, he wants to transform us to be even more beautiful than we were when we started in this season. Your family, your business, your relationships to be even stronger and more beautiful, more glorious than what they were when we started. Uh, there's a rabbi by the name of Steve Later, and he, he wrote a book called More Beautiful Than Before, as I was saying, how suffering transforms us. And he said that suffering strips away a lot of the nonsense in our life. He goes, we're, we're all going to walk through hell, but you don't have to come out empty-handed. And whatever you're walking through in this season, you don't have to come out empty-handed. Let's make a choice through this that we know, we know, we're children of God, we're co-heirs with Christ, we're not walking out of this empty-handed. He is transforming. He's making something beautiful out of this season. We can trust him in that. The second thing that I see in this text I'd love to go through is just to talk about the painful delays in this season where we're kind of on pins and needles. When, is, when are the guidelines going to be changed? When are we going to get back to life as normal? I think over the coming month, that's going to be the big question, and everybody's waiting on pins and needles, and there's going to be some painful delays. And what I want to tell you in this season is that painful delays don't separate us from the love of God. It, they actually enrich our hope. Painful delays don't, don't um, separate us from the love of God. They actually enrich our hope. Go back to uh, Romans 8. Let's look at verses 22 through 25. It says this, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, uh, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. In this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all for who hopes for what they already have. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. I would love to bring Taryn up here to, to take this part of the message to tell you about the things I grumble and groan about around my house. Because Paul talks about groaning here. It's an inarticulate frustration and pain that we don't even say with words. We just kind of grumble and groan about it. It's inarticulate. And I've got my share of petty things around the house that I groan about. Uh, our ice maker's not working, and so you have to fiddle with the ice trays and try to get them open. I'm groaning about that. The sheets at night, making sure they're matched up, picking up laundry all the time. Come on. I know, I, I know I'm petty, but I, I bet you've got the petty things around your house that you groan about as well. But I also know in your life and in my life, we've got some things that are not so petty, some heavy things that we're groaning about in our life, maybe a disinterested and selfish spouse, maybe it's a, a tiresome boss who doesn't really care about you. Uh, maybe it's financial woes that you just wish would be over by now, and it just seems like year after year you're struggling to make ends meet. <laughs> maybe it's depression that you've fought tooth and nail to overcome, but you're still battling. I don't know the things that you're groaning about, but here's what I, I do know is that over time, when we think we've overcome and we think we've come through, when the timeline changes... When the horizon that, oh, oh the guidelines are going to change in two weeks, and then it gets moved. Oh, we're, we're going to get this promotion, and then it doesn't come through. Oh, the deal is going to close, and then it doesn't close. 
what Proverbs 13, 12 says is hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, and I know some of us watching this video, the timeline's changed and it hurts. The timeline for the adoption, the, the timeline, you thought that relationship was going to be the tree of life and, and it turned out it wasn't. We, we thought that job was going to you know, be the, 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 our saving grace and now it's turned out to be worse than what we had before. But I want you to know that hope fulfilled is a tree of life that God's not done. And just because you can't see it, just because you can't touch and feel it, doesn't mean you shouldn't lose hope. In fact, Paul says, hey, hope is when we can't see it. You know, hope that we just see, that's not really hope at all. You, you've got the reality in front of you so we can hang on. And what I've found in my life is that some of the sweetest moments I've ever experienced are when hope's been deferred in my own life and when I've witnessed that in other people's lives. And so I just want to encourage you in this season in which hope is deferred, in which painful delays are taking place with your vacation or maybe going back to school or whatever it is in your life, I, I, I want you to know that it can be a time that actually enriches your hope. I, I, I love that as children of God, you know, if we're children of God and we're in His house, like we live in His order and His kingdom, in His pantry, hope is always stocked. I know in this season we're looking at grocery shelves and trying to make sure we've got stockpiles of whatever but in God's house, we're always stocked on hope. And so we can return to that. In fact, actually the word in the Romans here, the word for hope in the Greek language, it's, it's amazing that it, it kind of sounds like Spanglish if you transliterate it. To, to say this word uh, in Greek, the, the word hope is actually L peace, <laughs> right? It sounds like Spanglish. It sounds like me trying to speak Spanglish. It's L peace. And I just believe in this season where you can't see it. Even, even like we sang over these, com- these past weeks, even when we can't see it, he's working. You know, even when we can't feel it, he's working and we can still have peace. Our hope can be enriched in this season, even when we've got delays in our life. So I just want to encourage you today to hang on, to hold on and let this season of delays, however long that gets pushed back, that we can't gather, that that those dreams can't, hey, there's a tree of life waiting when that hope is fulfilled. And I'm just believing that in your life and in my life. So separation uh, cannot, um, uh, you know, and suffering cannot separate us from the love of God. In in this season, painful delays cannot separate us from the love of God. It's simply going to enrich our hope. And then finally today, weakness does not separate us from the love of God. It actually deepens our intimacy. I want to go back to the text. Let's go back. Let's skip down to verses 26 through 28. Here's what it says. Romans 8. We're still there. Whole chapter. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. That's meaning pray, praying for us through wordless groans. That which we do within ourselves about our situation, the Spirit is doing on behalf of us when we don't even know what to pray. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Over the past few months, I've been dealing with tennis elbow. 
I don't know if you know what that is, but it, it kind of is an exasperation of the tendons and muscles in this uh, back part of your elbow. And uh, with it, it's kind of inflammation that's going on. You can ice it and take ibuprofen and things to uh, alleviate it. But I've been dealing with it for months. I've, I've done some of those techniques and and I hope it, it doesn't get uh, worse and we're trying to work on that. But what I've realized, I mean, it's to the point where I can't pick up uh, a, a styrofoam cup of ice, you know, a Chick-fil-A cup. I can't pick that up without it bringing excruciating pain in my left arm. And it's been frustrating when I try to pick things up, when I try to do things. But I, what I've found in this season is that things that I could normally do, now I'm very weak to do. And I actually have to ask for help. I have to ask you know, uh, employees, and I have to ask team members, and I have to ask my wife, hey, can you pick up this milk, or I've got to change my arm, and, and here's what I want to picture, you to picture out of this season um, in your life, maybe when you're dealing with weakness. Come on, because I know every single one of us, there's been a day this past week in which we're just tired, we're just tired and we just want to rest and we're getting weak and, and maybe we're going spiritually strong for Monday, Tuesday, but come on, you know, Wednesday, it's like, is it Friday yet? And it feels like that. And in those moments of weakness, what I want you to picture is that the spirit is ready to step in when your left arm is weak and, and say you're clinging to it. What's, what's meaning here that the spirit, the breath of God, the pneuma, which means breath of God in Hebrew, they wouldn't even bring the word, they wouldn't even use the word spirit. They would, ruach was like almost a sound. It was an utterance. It was the breath of God is what we, is meant by the spirit here. Sometimes it's called the paraclete in the Greek and it means to come alongside of, but here the spirit helps us in our weakness. It means to come alongside of and to lay hold of alongside of you. So when you are laying a hold of, of, of things in your marriage and you are praying over those things and, and, and you've, got, you've reached the point where the delays and it's frustrating and, and you're just weak and you don't even know what to pray. Come on, here's what I want you to see is that in that time, it's actually an opportunity in your weakness. It's an opportunity for intimacy with God. The Spirit is stepping in and wants to lay a hold of that issue, wants to lay a hold of that problem with you. And, and when your arm is weak, He's going to step in and it brings intimacy. I believe this is a spiritual truth about us and God. And I believe it's true in our relationships as well. Because I have to admit that I'm vulnerable. I have to admit that I'm hurting. There's something going on here and I need somebody to step in and help me. And this kind of pushes against our natural tendencies in this and this season and in most seasons, frankly, where we want to be strong, we show we've got it and, and put a, a brave face on in front of our family and friends and, and a lot of times to God too. But hey, it's in our weakness that he's actually made strong. And I, I love what Paul says in, in other places that it's, uh, his grace is sufficient for our weakness and his power is made perfect in weakness. It's made complete. And so he's not afraid of your weakness. In fact, it's actually going to be a time of intimacy, and it actually is perfected in completeness. It actually brings us closer together, and so don't be afraid of that weakness. I wouldn't say lean into it, but lean into Him in that season, because the Spirit, even when you don't even know what to pray, the Spirit is groaning on your behalf, is interceding, and He is working out His perfect will in your life when you don't see it, when the timeline's not the same, when it feels like I don't see the end, he is deepening hope. He is enriching and transforming us to be more like him in his love and his wisdom and his grace and his compassion and his kindness. And, and he is enriching our lives in ways that we don't even see possible and bringing us intimacy. I think about this with my kids. 
You know, sometimes we'll go out on a bike ride and, and they'll get tired halfway through and, and they're better about it now. But th- they used to get to this point where it'd be so frustrating. I'm like, I don't even want you to take your bike because I know you're going to get tired. But when I'm being a good dad, you know, like on those days I'm being a really good dad. I'm like, yeah, let's take it. You bring your scooter. But what inevitably happens, they get tired halfway through and I end up carrying their scooter home. And, and here's the reality. Their scooter's not heavy to me at all. It's just a little scooter. And I can throw it over my shoulder. In fact, it's probably good for me. I could appreciate the workout. And I want you to know what Isaiah um, 40, 28 through 31 says. Here's what it says. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He's the creator. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You see, our time of weakness actually draws us closer to him. So don't run away from this season, whether it's suffering, whether it's a painful delay. I want you to know that God wants to transform you in the midst of it. You may walk through hell, but you're coming at, you're not coming out empty-handed. You can walk through this season, whatever the delays are, that our hope can be deepened in this season. And I truly believe, even in the midst of our weakness, God is perfecting his will and deepening our intimacy with one another and with him in this season. So I pray for you, Fathom Church. I pray for you as you enter into this week, you act like his children. That hope is full in the pantry, and you can move forward. In this season, there is a gravitational pull to anxiety and fear. And so we need to reject it on a daily basis and step into who we are as children of God. Hey, if you're not a child of God, this salvation, this hope that we, that we brag about and we are thankful for. If you want to know that hope, hey, just let us know. Let us know you're ready to make that decision. It's as simple as receiving a gift because that's what it is. None of us have worked. None of us are perfect. But we have received hope in Jesus, the salvation for our sins, because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. That following him is just about admitting that and saying, I need a savior and then making a decision to follow him with your whole life, giving him your whole heart, and, and surrendering your life to him. So if you want to make that decision, let us know. We want to walk you into those next steps. Suffering doesn't separate us from the love of God. Painful delays don't separate us from the love of God. And neither does weakness. It actually deepens our hope. It deepens our, our, our transformational process in our life, our discipleship, and it deepens our intimacy. I want to read it one more time. Romans 8, 35 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor the powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love you, Fathom Church. We can't wait to see you next week. Let me pray with you. God, I'm thankful for this moment we share together. I'm I'm thankful for every person watching and seeing this video and hearing the word of God preached. I pray that every single person would know that that they are not too far from you in their weakness, in their suffering, in their struggles of this life, but you are close to us. God, nothing can separate us from your love. I pray that every heart and every soul would experience that today. We love you today, and I pray a blessing over every home in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. We'll see you next week.